Oh, yeah, I guess we didn't do a, like, would you recommend this movie? But <laughs> I think we were, we were both very positive about it, so. I, I think the recommendation was pretty clearly implied. You're listening to Love Ya, the guided tour through the world of streaming teen rom-coms. I am your co-host, Martha Sullivan, young uh, young adult librarian and YA lit uh, enthusiast, and I am joined, as always, with my other co-host. Uh, I'm Maren Hagman, and I am a youth services librarian, and... Not to sound arrogant, but I I would give myself the title of expert in the the rom com genre. I think that's fair. Today we are going to be talking about battle, uh, which I I am I think is a Netflix original. I could not tell. I, I could not tell either, but we watched it on Netflix. It is a Norwegian movie. Um, I'm going to give a brief synopsis. Um, but really, if you all saw Save the Last Dance with Julia Stiles, picture that, but in Norwegian. Um, <laughs> anyway. So the IMDb summary for this movie is a young woman's life is turned upside down when her rich father loses his fortune amid the chaos. She meets a street dancer who teaches her how to become her true self. This is a terrible synopsis. Um, what this movie is actually about is uh, Amalia, a teen girl who is a dancer and her dad does lose all of his money, but she is trying to uh, earn a dance scholarship to a prestigious dance school uh, and the hip hop dancer she meets at the community center um, helps like loosen her up and improve her dancing. And also she starts doing dance battles. Um, I loved this movie. Yeah. I, <laughs> I loved this movie a whole lot. I really enjoyed this movie. Um, this was a good one. Um, yeah. So you, you brought up save the last dance. Um, well, and, and actually, real, real quick before oh, we yeah. get into it, uh, this movie do, was directed by Katerina Lowning. Um, it stars Lisa Teague as Amalia, uh, Fabian Svegard Tapia as Mikhail, the attractive wrong side of the tracks hip-hop dancer, uh, Vebjorn Enger as her more wholesome boyfriend Axel, uh, and then a whole lot of incredibly... Slavic uh, teenagers as her group of rich jerk friends. I can't tell you who played her dad because I don't remember what her dad's name was. I do not either, if I'm being honest. <laughs> and Karen Lisa Meenster as Brigitta, her dance instructor. Sorry, just wanted to, to get yeah. those credits out into the world. Oh, totally. Anyway, back to how back to how I mentioned Save the Last Dance. Yeah, so I think this was really interesting. You know, it was kind of impossible not to compare it to Save the Last Dance while watching it. Um, and it was really interesting to think about, you know, how even with such radically different settings um, between 
Chicago, and I assume this was supposed to be Oslo. I was never quite clear, but I just kind of assumed in my head this was Oslo. Uh. It's somewhere, it's, I mean, it's definitely somewhere in um, Norway. Um, yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, they mentioned the, um, like, the suburb or the neighborhood where the mm -hmm. community center is, as though it was, like, a um, kind of slummy sort of place, yeah. but I don't know enough about Norway to be able to, like, right. Nor do tell I. you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I assume this was supposed to take place in, in Oslo, um, if not, like, a smaller city in Norway. Um, yeah, so it was interesting to think about the ways in which those experiences were different and similar between those two and, like, the way the different movies handled kind of a similar um, underlying dialogue. Because on one hand, you know, it's really about learning different dance styles and there's that component to it. But there was also a whole lot about class and race um, that inarguably, I think, Save the Last Dance handled more explicitly. Um, but it was really interesting to see how, and a lot of this in battle was conveyed just through the shots and just through showing. There wasn't necessarily quite as much explicit dialogue about it. Um, well, there, there was the one scene where, um, Amalia mm -hmm. and her friend are out shopping and they, oh, right. Mikhail and Moa and... Amalia refers to them as the guys who have been cleaning her house. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, oh no. Yikes. Um, but yeah, I really appreciated how like both the both these films like use dance as a way. Like suddenly, and I I actually punched like I, I paused the movie to see how long into the movie did it take for us to meet Mikhail and did it take for us to like get into like, do that shift, it was actually about 20 minutes, 20, 25 minutes. So for the first 25 minutes of battle, you know, we're really in this very, like, white, and I mean white in terms of the people who are in it, white in terms of the setting, white in terms of, like, the dance studio and her fancy house and all this stuff. We're really in this really one kind of world for that first 25 minutes and then we slowly, like, we suddenly have people of color and we have houses that look much different and there are apartment buildings and she suddenly is riding buses and trains. And so I really, really appreciated, like, the, the way the movie took that journey and that it, you know, it was also tied to dance. And I'm, I'm explicitly not mentioning the dance part of it because that's a big part of it but just like even the non-dance ways in which it showed this journey that Amalia had to take well and this like say the last dance gets into both class and race and I almost feel like in battle it was more of a class issue because like her dad um goes bankrupt basically and their house gets foreclosed on and they have to move into 
this was another one of those things where I felt like if I knew more about how Norway worked, I could understand a little bit better about what was going on. But what seemed to be happening is that they moved into a state-sponsored apartment. Yeah. So so that they could monitor, like, the government could monitor how much he was making and, like, take the amount that he owed his creditors. Um, right. And Amalia does not tell her friends this. Like, she is um, embarrassed by it and doesn't. So, like, that almost seemed to be the bigger issue that Mikhail is part of this, like, um, descent into a lower class strata rather than the fact that he was a gentleman of color. Like, he was part of this new strata that she had to occupy that she was, like, embarrassed or ashamed of um, telling her friends about. Yeah, I mean, I don't think... I mean, I don't think it's a coincidence, though, that... Again, suddenly when she's (laughs) um, in this different, you know, going into a different part of town and living in a different place. Like, suddenly we go from a very white um, group of people around her to not white. (laughs) Yes, Um, that is is definitely true. um, Yeah, and I don't know if it just... um, yeah, like you said, I, I do wish I knew more about, like, the dynamics of Norway. Um, I do know that, like, immigration in Scandinavia is a big, um, like, and I don't know if it's just a political punch bag topic that gets thrown around here, but I, I do really appreciate it, because I, I do think we, you know, think of Scandinavia as this all-white place, and I do think there has been quite a bit of immigration to Scandinavia, and... Um, Scandinavia has been diversifying. Um, and so I think that was really great that we, we got to see some of that. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciated that the kind of dance she was learning was not ballet. Yes. Yes. Um, she is, yeah, she is in a modern class, which I thought was more interesting. Cause I, I feel like in that kind of movie, cause like the teen dance movie has a long and storied history. Yeah. Um, it's usually ballet and then the the dancer has to learn like other modes of dance to loosen up and like express herself. And we start in a place with modern. um, And I I felt like the, the choreography she's learning is already pretty expressive. Like the, the, the modern choreography that she's learning in her class actually had a lot of similarities to me to the like freestyle hip hop that she gets exposed to um through the dance battles yeah they didn't actually look that different and i think yeah it was interesting that the really the hinge of difference was between this like pre-designed and pre and everyone's doing the same thing versus the ability to respond to what the other dancers are doing. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I think that was really interesting, rather than, like, the technical aspects of it being that much different. I agree. I got very anxious in the first scene where she goes to the, the dance battle and Mikhail signs her up without telling her. 
I got so I got so anxious when I was like, oh, you mean she now suddenly has to go up there and improvise? <sighs> I felt so bad for her. Oh, me too. I definitely like pulled my blanket over my head and was like, oh, no. Yes, I felt a lot of sympathy for her in that moment. Same, same. I have a very hard time when characters, when I'm afraid a character is going to be embarrassed. Like, I just like oh, yeah. can't stand it. Um, oh, I yeah. just no. get, yeah. <laughs> Secondhand embarrassment is like the biggest reason I don't watch a lot more comedies. Yes. Because, yeah, I don't like awkward humor. I don't like, yeah, I don't like it when characters that I enjoy are about to be embarrassed. And yeah, I really felt very bad for her Same. in that moment. Same. What did we think of Axel and her uh, white friends, like her her um, old life friends? Yeah, I mean, I think judging from the sound of it, it sounds like you might have disliked them a little more than me. Um, I think <laughs> I think Charlotte, whatever, and I actually I really enjoyed that they weren't straight up villainous. Um, oh, true. Charlotte, I think, is the only one. So her frenemy, I think frenemy is the most appropriate term. Um, her frenemy, Charlotte, becomes very distraught that Amalia is suddenly, because she has always been the best one in the class. Um, and she really can't handle Amalia becoming a better dancer than her. Um, and so she does really... Uh, become very rude to Amalia, um, and very, like, at one point she actually, like, steals Amalia's phone and looks at it, um, and sees a text from Mikhail, and actually, I really appreciated that all of their other friends, instead of being, Amalia, who's this other guy you're texting, they were all like, Charlotte, how dare you take her phone? You, you cannot do that. Um, so I think, I think Charlotte was the only one who was, like, actually mean i think the rest of them were pretty supportive um especially ida who ends up coming to the final dance battle with her um Ida for sure and you know i i yes i think that i may have used verbiage that was too harsh because axel's only real crime is Maybe being too pushy? I, a little too pushy? I think his only crime is really not being Mikhail. I would actually yeah, argue I that. <laughs> I, I, I was about to say that. Um, uh, I think the actual issue is that Amalia was not straightforward with him and didn't break up with him when she should have. I think yeah. the only thing he actually did that was slightly, ooh, was breaking up with her in a public way, but I also in the moment really couldn't blame him. Um, yeah. Because here this other dude shows up and he's like, oh, you've been kind of cheating been on me. your girlfriend, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I think Axel, I mean, he just, it was one of those situations where if Amalia had a fully formed prefrontal cortex... She probably could have been like, oh, yeah, okay, this relationship has run its course. Like, no ill will. Let's move on. Um, but I think yeah. because she was a teenager, she didn't know how to handle, like, oh, I've actually met this boy I am more attracted to and have more common with and am more interested in than my boyfriend. 
Well, and I definitely, there were definitely a couple of moments when I yelled at the TV, like, just break up with him. Right, exactly, exactly. The one, oh, and actually, now that I'm thinking about it, the one moment where we were kind of like, oh, Axel, really? Was when um, they were all boating, um, and he did, like, want to have sex with her on the beach. Um, but he did, like, she asked him to stop, and he stopped. I mean, he wasn't, like, pushing. He was like, oh, okay. Like, I thought this would yeah. be a good time, but I guess not. You know, so I think... I, I actually, and, I, and I'm emphasizing this because I thought it was very refreshing that he and her old friends were not villainous besides Charlotte. I think we can call Charlotte kind of a villain. But I actually really enjoyed that because I think that's, like, more true to life that, you know, you outgrow friendships. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean those people you outgrow or move on from are villainous. For sure. Well, and I I found it very refreshing um, that the conflict was coming from our main character. Like, the conflict right. is coming from her, her inability to kind of process this huge thing that's happened because she is very suddenly, like, removed from the home that she has presumably grown up in. Like, she never, like, her dad never really talks to her about what's going on. It's just all of a sudden there are foreclosure agents in her house telling her, pack only what you need because the rest is going to get sold. Um, yeah, and like and literally to... taking her clothes and her belongings. And I did find it very relatable that she was like, I don't know how to deal with this. I definitely don't know how to talk to people about this. So I'm just not going to do that. Right. And I think it, I mean, I think it was also an offshoot of her father didn't know how to talk to this about her and, or talk to her about this. Um, and so I think that it really made sense of like, oh, what she's prioritizing here is keeping up appearances and pretending like nothing is wrong because that's what her father is basically telling her to do. Um, and so to me that made sense. And it, you know, it's funny. I have a hard time. I really have a hard time with main characters who aren't sympathetic. Like I generally, like I hate antiheroes. Like I can't do a lot of things where we're supposed to root for people who do bad things. And in this case, mm -hmm. like, Amalia definitely made some poor choices. And so part of me was a little bit like, oh, like, I usually don't sympathize. But then I was like, oh, you're like a teenager and this is this is hard stuff. I'll, I'll be a little more sympathetic than I would normally I be. <laughs> yeah, I do think it's easier to sympathize with teenagers who make bad life decisions. Because right. real teenagers make bad life decisions. <laughs> So exactly. it's one of those things where, yeah, like I as a I as a fully formed human adult can say I would not have done that, but I also have the benefit to not being like so crammed inside my own narcissistic brain as right. a teenager is. Um, it's one of the reasons that I really enjoy YA books and movies because <laughs> I can feel I can feel both the oh honey that's a terrible decision and also sympathy for the fallout when they make those bad decisions <laughs> right right yeah and i think that is part of it. well and none of this was malicious like she just didn't know how to handle this so i also like have a lot more sympathy for that 
than like that uh, Macbeth Redux um, we read for uh, Did You Do Your Homework? That I was just like, oh my god. Oh, as I descended. As I descended, yes. I was like, oh, well, you're you're just a terrible person, and oh god. <laughs> I mean, those teens were pretty awful. <laughs> Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So I appreciate that this was not that. Um, but, yeah, I think, yeah, it was really interesting to watch Amalia kind of come to grips with her new life through dance. Um, how did we feel about the fact that she, not purposely, but bungles her audition and just decides not to go for it i was real mad about that me too <laughs> um be, like like i understand what the point that the movie was making was that like this was um like like that she felt more at home with the like freestyle people and it also felt like she had realized that the life she had before was very like fake and constructed and she was starting to figure out like who she actually wanted to be, but also like that dance school was a future for her. Right. <laughs> I, yeah. I, as I, I feel like that's a, that was a twist that as a, if I'd been watching it as a teenager, I would have been like, yeah, you go. And as an adult, I'm like, no, but really, um, how are you going to pay for school now? <laughs> well, and also, we were never explicitly told that she didn't like the dance she was doing in her classes. Like, we were told that she, you know, really enjoyed the spontaneity of the dance battle, but it was never, oh, like, my teacher, she's just getting me down, or, like, I don't want to do this type of dance anymore. It was never that. It was always just, oh, yeah, like, I'm really having fun going to these dance battles. So it, in some ways, kind of seemed to, come out of nowhere i was gonna say we also we saw her have a lot of fun with the crew in their practice right we didn't we didn't see her have a good time at a dance battle like we saw the That's disaster true. one at the beginning and then the final one at the end where she goes to try and make up with mikhail but we didn't i don't think that we really saw uh, a moment where we felt that, like, that scene was where she felt more right. at home. It was more like those people she felt more comfortable with, but that doesn't feel like a big enough reason to ditch. I would have, you know what I would rather have seen? Hmm. We're going to dip a little bit into rom-com. Yeah, let's here. go for it. I wish that she had just gone off book with the audition. Yes, that's what I was hoping she was going to do. When she paused in her first one and kind of laid on the floor for a second, I was like, oh, girl, go for it. Like, do this. Yeah. Like, and then broke into some kind of uh, freestyle, uh, like, dance improv. And then the teacher's been like, well, we're going to take Charlotte because she was technically the best, but we're also going to take Amalia because girls got a flavor we've never seen before. Right. Like something like that. Um, because yeah, when she was just like, Nope, going to walk away. I was like, no girl, no, you can right. do both. <laughs> you can go to the fancy dance school and also continue to dance hip hop. 
I promise. Right? Yeah, that was one of those, like, oh, if you just paused and thought about this for a second, like, it, uh. And like you said, I think this seems like a teen's idea of, like, rebellion, but didn't necessarily seem true to what was actually going on with her character. Yeah. Do we wish that we'd gotten to know more about her dad? Um, I I respected the commitment to just showing him tangentially and showing those issues tangentially. And I think that it, it put the ev- emphasis on the dance. Um, I could have seen, and again, maybe we can dive into rom-com rehab here. I mean, I could have seen a different direction the movie took that did do explore more what her dad was going through and her relationship with her dad, which I think Save the Last Dance kind of did. They did talk a lot more um, with Julia Stiles and her dad. Um, but I respected, I mean, I don't feel like it was missing. I respected the choice that they were like, nope, we're going to focus on her and focus on her two dancing friend groups. Yeah, I guess the only thing that learning more about her dad might have given me was a little bit more context to what was happening to her. Sure. But, yeah, I don't I don't think it was necessary. Also, this movie was edging on too long, so I don't know that it needed anything, like, more. Right. I mean, again, we did not meet our, our lead dude for 25 minutes, <laughs> so. Yeah. Are, so I'd like to talk a little bit about dance movies just in general. So sure. this one is not really a rom-com. Um, so it's it's a little bit of a departure from us. Um, but it is a very teen... Uh, like I said, the, the teen dance movie has a history going back basically to Footloose. Oh, yeah. Um, where dance is used as... Um, basically, it's it's usually a metaphor for the main character, who's usually a woman, um, starting out very, like, uptight um, and, like, by the rules and learning through you know, either street dancing or break dancing or hip hop, um, to kind of like loosen up and enjoy life and all of these things. Uh, we mentioned save the last dance with my perpetual favorite, Julia Stiles. Uh, yes. Um, have you seen any of the step up movies? I have seen the first one many times. Um, I have seen, I think just the second one, otherwise. I don't think I've seen any of the further. Yeah, and for any of our listeners who are perhaps not familiar with Step Up, um, it's the same, it's that same format, although our main character is actually the, from the wrong side of the tracks, dude who meets the ballet dancer. Uh, This is where Channing Tatum met his forever love, Jenna Dewan. Are they still married? No. No. I okay. that was when I legitimately like saw that on like BuzzFeed or something and was actually distraught. Like Okay. Well, Pete can either cut that or leave it in <laughs> to show that I'm, you know, terrible at remembering celebrity gossip. Actually, it's more that I I would rather live in a world where he and Jenna I are still know. married. 
Yeah, I want to um, say they separated. It was like last year or two years ago. It it's fairly recent. Mm. Um, but yeah, that one is actually as I'm reading the the synopsis of the IMDb synopsis. That one's a little bit of an inversion because um, Channing Tatum is our more featured character, and. Uh, Jenna Dewan is the ballet dancer who is already actively trying to incorporate more hip hop into her dance uh, to make herself stand out more. So she recruits him rather than him having to like teach her about the, um, you know, more emotive uh, world of hip hop, um, which is a little bit of a subversion of what our our regular tropes are. Are you a dance movie fan? Oh yeah. Um I dance was a huge part of my life growing up. I did ballet for 8 years and I did um at various points I took jazz, I took modern, I took I actually took clogging for quite a bit. Um so yeah, I love the dance movie. Um because it, I've, you know, not that I ever got to the point in dance that these characters were at, but I, I love dancing, and so I always really enjoyed it. Um, I would also argue that Bring It On kind of falls in this. Yeah, uh, the, che- well, the, yeah, the cheerleader or gymnastics movie is slightly different, because I feel like there's more of a there's less of an emphasis on the like romantic yeah that's true but it's definitely they're definitely related they're just i i feel like those because gymnastics and cheerleading are both group sports they tend to be more about girls teaching each other how to which i'm into right um Um, yeah but i i'm just thinking about those sequences where um uh, Kirsten Dunst is learning new moves from, was it Eliza Dushku? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that just made me think of that. Um, oh yeah. Well, or... And I love a good, I love a good training montage. Oh, me I too. love it in dance movies. I love it in sports movies. Yes. <laughs> it's all I want. <laughs> right. So good. Um, I definitely went back and rewatched the montage in this movie for sure. It was it was very good. It was very good. Um, uh, we're, we're talking about the scene where she's at the um, the community center. Yeah. And they're, like, trading off. They're passing the baton kind of around and taking turns, doing a little freestyle of dance, and then she gets really into it. It's yeah. so good. It's so good. Um, oh, we're forgetting some of the... I would argue, too, because I love the sequel, but some of the biggest... And this genre are Dirty Dancing and Dirty Dancing Havana Nights. Um, I saw so I saw Havana Nights before I saw the original. Oh, so I really? do have a very soft spot. I did. I have a soft spot oh, in my heart for that movie. I love that movie. Not gonna lie, it was a staple of my high school um, sleepovers. Oh, so good. I, I think it is interesting. So I'm scrolling right now through a list of dance movies. Mm-hmm. I think it is interesting that the dance movie is something that comes up internationally. Like it's not oh, just... Oh, interesting. It's not just an American phenomenon. I, I, I watched a movie called Shall We Dance? 
when I was in high school in oh, my Japanese class. And they remade it with Richard Gere. They did. Yeah. Um, but we watched the original, and that one is about a businessman who, as a way, it starts as a way for him to, like, relax and de-stress. He starts taking ballroom dance lessons. Mm-hmm. And it is, I did not see the American remake because I was kind of offended sure. by its existence. Sure. Um, but that movie is just a very sweet, uh, you know, teaching, he, he's not already a dancer, but, you know, teaching somebody to unwind and relax through the power of dance. Uh. Um, so it it is interesting to me that these similar tropes pop up um, in other places that are not just uh, the U.S. I'm always interested yeah. to find... Yeah, I'm always interested to find other... Like, to find the things about movies that kind of speak internationally. There's also Billy Elliot, which is a little bit different, but also kind of the yeah, same. Similar. Oh, I love Billy Elliot. Yes, it's very sweet. I love that movie. Um, so what is it do we think about dance or is it is it dance or is dance just another tool to um convey this kind of story yeah i think it's i mean i think one dance is fun to watch so i think that part of why we see these types of movies is just it's it's a fun thing to watch um I think, yeah, I think dance becomes the tool uh, that we are shown, you know, it's a way for a character to reckon with changes in their life, and it's a way that looks really pretty. I mean, it's the same reason we have So You Think You Can Dance, and we have Dancing with the Stars, Um, you know, it's just a, a fun way to watch those types of transitions happen. Yeah, and dance also, like music, also has um, these very... I don't, rigid? Is rigid the right word? Like, mm-hmm. you have kinds of dance that are seen as being, like... I, I, I feel like classical dance is seen as being, like, the more official... I don't You You have yeah. two you have different kinds you have different kinds of the same thing that can be used as shorthand for like this girl is very focused on her classical dance and she needs to like loosen up and enjoy life um so then you get like ballet and hip hop as the two shorthands for she is too uptight versus now she has learned how to like relax and express herself yeah and I think that, yeah, they use, well, and I think, too, it has to do with, because dance itself is an evolving medium. I mean, it's the same way with, like, how music works in some films of, ah, yes, we have these more classic, like, musical genres, but, ooh, they're doing something new and innovative. You know, it it becomes the the creativity of the characters and the genre the characters are working in kind of becomes a stand-in for their personality. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, is there anything else we want to say about battle and dance movies? 
Um, not that I can think of. Um, Dirty Dancing Havana Nights Forever. I don't know. That's my main. It's really, it It made me want to travel. It made me want to go to Cuba. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Even though it takes place during revolution. <laughs> uh, well, what can you recommend to our listeners today? Yeah. So I, this movie immediately made me think of, and I am now going to insist that Pete watch it because he has never seen it. Um, the oh. Baz Luhrmann's first movie, Strictly Ballroom. Oh. He's never seen that movie. He's never seen that movie. Um, oh, I legit think he'll enjoy that right? one. Right? Me too. I don't think that's just me being like, oh, here's a movie I really love that I want us to watch together. I think he will actually get enjoyment out of it. Um, so Strictly Ballroom has some very similar thematic ties to Battle. Um, it was Baz Luhrmann's first feature film, um, and it's about a ballroom dancer, Scott, um, whose partner... Um, quits on him and so he needs to find a dance partner at the last minute um and so he decides to work with this girl who hangs out around the dance studio who doesn't have as much experience Fran um and it turns out that Fran's family are incredible dancers and have this whole different philosophy of dance that pushes Scott to really pursue his dream of adding new steps into ballroom dancing. Um, The soundtrack is incredible. The visuals are beautiful. Um, Yeah, Strictly Ballroom is definitely one of my favorites. Uh, And I have a book to recommend to you all today. I got very into just thinking about what dance YA I have enjoyed. So I am going to recommend to you all a book called Tiny Pretty Things by Sona Karaipotra. I'm definitely pronouncing that wrong. Uh, And Donielle Clayton. Um, It is advertised as Black Swan meets Pretty Little Liars and is about a group of teens uh, who are the top students at their ballet school competing for that number one spot. Mm. So it's all about it's it. Yeah. It's all about competition and cattiness and, um, you know, trying to be the best and discovering who your friends are. Mm. And it's set in New York. Yeah. So it, it combines some of my favorite parts about boarding school literature with my favorite parts about like competitive dance. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, this is looking very fun. I will have to, as I am looking at it, I will have to and check that one there's out. And se- there's also a sequel. I don't remember if there's going to be more, but there's definitely two. Awesome. That is going to do it for us today. Um, if you would like to, if you would like more of Love Ya, you can find us on uh Instagram and Twitter. We share a feed with our sister podcast, Did You Do Your Homework? Uh, So you can find us on all social media at DYDYH Podcast. Please subscribe to our SoundCloud feed or wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that's uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play. We are uh, wherever your local aggregate is. We alternate release weeks with Did You Do Your Homework? So next week, 
Um, Pete and I will be on here to discuss circular storytelling, which you should definitely check out. You can follow me personally on all the places at Magical Martha. I also write a newsletter that comes out, I say twice a month, but really it's whenever I feel like I have something worth talking about. So sometimes that's more frequently than others, and sometimes it's not. <laughs> uh, but you can find that at tinyletter.com backslash Magical Martha. Uh, Marin, where can people find you? Yeah, so people can find me on Twitter at A underscore star underscore danced, um, where I talk a lot about uh, rom-coms and romance novels and maps and the state of Minnesota. Uh, anything to anything to plug or advertise? I feel like you're not quite as capital O online as I am. Which <laughs> yeah, that's is a good thing. A good thing, by the way. <laughs> well, thanks. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Yeah, I feel like kind of like you were saying, like the sporadic feeling of when I need social media. I feel like I go on flurries and then leave it for a little bit. <laughs> uh, that is going to do it for us today. Uh, oh. Next next episode, we are finally oh, going yeah. to be tackling that giant, which was kind of the inspiration for this podcast at all. Uh, but we will be watching To All the Boys I've Loved Before, the Woo! Netflix original starring Lana Condor and Noah Centineo. Woo! So check that out for sure. We will be back in a couple of weeks. And until then, love ya. Hooray! Yay! We did it!